The Retirement Question, a new series from Christians in Sport with Graham Daniels. Hey, welcome back to the Christians in Sport podcast. In particular, the series we're in at the moment, which is the retirement question. Retirement is a huge issue for elite athletes. The whole world knows you as that sports person. They don't know you as a human being in your own right. And then you're not that sports person anymore. And you know, the tension is tremendous. People go through all kinds of pain, marriage breakdown, financial ruin, despair, drink, in that period of trying to work out who they actually really are if they're not that player. This is a really important series for elite athletes and I'm really enjoying finding out how Christians deal with that period of their lives. So today we're going to hear from Ali Nicholas and she's a class act. When I, I interviewed Alison Nicholas, uh, I got her stories on our podcast series. It's really great. You need to listen to it. I'm not talking to her today about her whole story because in that one, we just looked at the fact that she was 20 years at the top level of golf on the European and the American tours. She won She won the Open, uh, the British Open. She won the US Open. So it's all top draw stuff. She goes on to captain, play in the Solheim Cup right through the 90s. And then to cap- vice captain and captain the team and captain the team to victory. So it's like a CV from the top draw. What I'm interested in, and you can listen to that. We've got the whole story on the podcast series. What I'm interested today is that this is a woman who for 20 years, 20 years, the average lifespan of a professional footballer is seven. And they struggle with retirement. 20 years is outrageous. Alison, Alison, 20 years a professional. How on earth did you cope with retirement? Not sure I did, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think that uh, I didn't plan it, which was a real mistake looking back. I knew that I didn't want to play on tour anymore. I was struggling with the lifestyle and, and just performing to the standard that I wanted to. And so I decided that you know it was time time to go. But because I hadn't planned it, I was in a bit of a state when I did retire. Because when you're on tour for 20 years and you're used to all the people around you, you've got a routine that you're used to, um, all that went. And it's almost like you were cut off completely. And that you, you it was almost like that, that you, you had no family anymore, even though, you know, obviously my sister, mum and dad got those. Uh, and you get up in the morning and there's no routine and you're not seeing people, you're on your own. And then, you, then you're thinking, well, yeah, I was good at golfer, but what, what are my skills? You know, can I transfer any of those skills across to anything else? And so I went through a real tough time um, and I had depression. I had to seek some counselling for that um, to, to, to work it through. And there's some things that I hadn't dealt with from the past, which I needed to. Um, but it was a real struggle because everything I went to and talked to, it, nothing seemed to fit me. Um, and then, you know, I started to coach, but hadn't had any training. So therefore, I found that difficult um, because being a professional sports person, you want, you know, and I was driven to, to be the best I could be and I wanted to be good at whatever I did. So as soon as I wasn't, that really sort of ate into my self-worth a little bit. And so 
I had to sort of deal with those things and it was it was quite difficult. Whereas I know like Annika Sorenston sort of had some help and, and sort of had a plan going forward for her retirement. And so things were much more, much easier. Um, but I know quite a few players have, have, have the same situation as me. You don't really think about it when you're playing and then suddenly you don't want to be out there anymore and you've got, you've got to do something. So what are you going to do? So it's quite scary. Can I try and pin you down on this? Because there's a few themes that we'll pick up on here. Talk me through your last tournament. You've made your mind up. You're going. Your back's in a bit of a mess, really. You've got a lot of injuries. Uh, it's been a long time on tour. What was the last tournament? And Talk me through the few days after it. Did it hit you quickly? No, it was, it was a process. It wasn't. It it was a relief to not play anymore. Why was it a relief not to play I anymore? Just, I just I don't know. I was just so tense and um, wasn't enjoying my golf at all, and just found the lifestyle. A lot of my friends that had, were on the tour had disappeared and weren't playing anymore, and I just found it a real struggle. Um, and I just I just you know I'm just not enjoying this. There's no point in doing something if you're not enjoying it. it it's just you know, so you knew you had to go, right? Yeah, it was counterproductive. I yeah. knew I had to go. Had you lost the love of it? Yes, I had. Gol golf was a job now. Yeah, it was. It was just hard work. Yeah. And How long before that did golf become a job? There must have been a process somewhere in a 20-year professional career where it becomes a crescendo. God, this is just a job. I don't want to do this job anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a sort of over a two, three-year period probably. And I was going through some, you know, you know, there were times when I'd just come off the course and I'd just cry and think, oh, this is just, I can't. And I think it was because I wasn't playing as well, so that's obviously something that you have to deal with. But I probably associated playing poorly with my self-worth. And so those two things were connected, which then obviously eats you uh, um, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, and so, you know, I just had ups and downs through that period. Yeah, and then when I left, I was really emotional when I left because I'm thinking, look, I'm leaving something I've done for 20 years behind. Just boom, that, that's it, end of. Although I knew I wanted to, to do it, at the actual um, playing out of that was quite hard. So I was very emotional. I struggled a little bit, but then I was also delighted inside. So it was like a real... How long did that honeymoon last? Can you remember with that, that feeling of... Oh my word! I do not have to go out and prove myself. Probably about six months, and then, did it? Yeah, and then, then you know, it was like, what am I going to do? And then that it really hit me, and I was like, um, started teaching, but I wasn't really doing very well with that, and found it difficult because I really hadn't had any training. Um, it, it's a very different skill, really. Um, and I would say now I've only only just started to relax in that. So we're talking ten. 12 years later yeah so yeah and then I realized I needed some some help but I mean the great thing uh, the lucky thing for me was that you know being a Christian was still gave me a purpose so that was huge in terms of of, of, of working through that difficulty and then you know with the, the support I had from uh, my family and fellow Christians was was immense let me tease this out. This is the Christians in Sport podcast, and there's a range of people who listen to us. Some will say, 
I don't have a faith in Christ, but but I'm fascinated and curious by as an elite player coach myself with others who do. Others, of course, be very well established in their faith, and some are in the spectrum in between. It's always hard to quite grasp, I think, for any of us listening to the podcast today, that almost two things going on at the same time. You've just articulated it. On the one level, you had to seek counselling because of depression, which could be for a range of issues, but intricately linked to coming out of the game. So you, in one sense, you're ill. And yet on another level, you can talk about your faith in Christ and your friends sustaining you while still being in the pit, as it were. That's a curious combination that Christians have to, that, that we live in. Can you explain it more? It was difficult, really, because, I mean, you know, obviously the, the Christian faith is a worldview, so it's a decision I made that I, you know, my world, you know, it's a worldview, you know. And so for me, I wanted to still live out my faith because I believe it's the truth. Um, it's more plausible than, than any other um, worldview that I've looked into. Um, and it, it, there's just a tension because the Christian faith is spiritual, uh, yet we live in the world and our humanness makes us broken. Yeah. So I think we're always constantly living in that tension, you know, because things don't work out well all the time in this life. But my hope is in Christ because. You know that my salvation uh, and that I'll see him face to face in heaven. That helped me keep going. Keep going, really. And it's a joy that you can't. It's really difficult to explain in words, but it's a deep joy inside of you, even though you're going through a struggle. Um, that um, I've just held on to. I think beautifully articulated. Friendship-wise, in that, how did your, how did close friends help sustain what you've just described? Uh, they just had me round for meals, um, let me sit with them and cry, not be judgmental in any shape or form, just stand by me and with me um, in it. Um, and just keep in contact, making sure that I'm okay. Um, you know, if I needed to be alone, then they, that was fine, but they would invite me to things and just, just you know, hold me up in prayer, um, send scriptures to me to encourage me. And it was, it was, it was that really. I know you won't want to exclude people from this, so you don't need to name names on it, but how many people are we talking about here right at the core of navigating, let's say, that first three years out of the game? We're talking about maybe five or six people. Ah, see, that, that helps because when we say friends, it could be, you know, you know so many people, it could be 50 people. You're talking five or six people at the absolute bedrock 
yeah, of and backing that, you. Yeah, and that I wouldn't necessarily be entirely intimate with all of those six. Yes. So they're all different levels of friendships, yeah? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. some will be really close and deep mm -hmm. and intimate. Others would be on an outer bit yeah. of a circle where they just support me. They didn't necessarily want to know any details, but they were there. Um, and then... Um, Particularly Katrina Douglas, I would have to say, helped me enormously. She, you know, she studied psychology and she had had me down to Bristol and we, we talked and, and went through stuff um, and she was just exceptional. And she was the one that, that helped me get a counsellor who said he's really good. She's not a Christian, but she was a good counsellor, which was really important. And uh, so she got in touch with, with, with her and... Uh, well, she gave me the number and I rang up and organised the sessions and it was painful. But it, <laughs> the interesting thing is that it was painful, but I think that it's like toothache. So you have a tooth out and it's really, really painful. You go to the dentist, you think, oh man, I can't cope with this. Pulls it out, absolutely excruciating, but then it starts to heal. And that's how I would describe um, the counselling that I had. Yeah, and it's not that they're trying to... I mean, I wanted someone to solve this, the problem for me, just like that, as we all do, because this culture is very instant. We want things straight away. And I realised that actually this counselling was, was exploring me and me being more self-aware and helping me to work through my situation. Uh, and I came out the other side. And, and, and although it was painful, it was an amazing experience because I learnt about myself I learned more about Christ as well through that and my faith. Um, and you grow and become more mature and you're able to cope with other situations that come your way that are difficult. So you, and was the tipping point post-retirement when you thought, oh, I'm on a new curve, I'm on the up? How many, how many months, years? It took a, a fair few years, I'd say three or four probably, where I felt uh, an equi equilibrium yeah so now if somebody was coming to the end of their career now we're covering a lot of sports remember uh, what are you saying to somebody when they hit that wall where you know my knee's struggling and I know I'm going to struggle my back's gone or my form's dipping because I've been around here a long time I've probably got a year left in me I've got two years left in me or six months what would you tell them I'll tell them to go and really talk to, to someone about it, you know, maybe someone who's been through the same situation or even a, a counsellor or someone who's experienced in that area um, so that you can just talk it through, work it through and then, you know, maybe plan ahead. So, you know, so you, you know, therefore you've got something else to look forward to and if it's planned, you're not just... At a dead end, and you don't know what to do, you know. Um, then you, I think I think that's really important. I mean, I'm sure I'm not sure how that would work out, but because I've not obviously been through that process, I went the other way. But I know people have sort of sat down with people and said, right, okay, well, what would you what would you like to do when you retire, and then start working towards that. I think that's really important, just like I did when I, as an amateur, I looked at the steps. I needed to take to become a professional golfer and I did that but I didn't interestingly enough I didn't do it um, 
at the other end of my career. Yeah. So some kind of exit interview process is, <laughs> yeah. is not a bad thing. Wow, that was helpful, wasn't it? Ali Nicholas. See, you can hear the pain in her voice as she deals with retirement. I mean, it's just not at all easy. And when you think the average length of a high-level football career is seven years, she was at the top of her game for 20 years. Imagine dealing with leaving that and working out who you are. I I thought it was fascinating. Didn't you as you listened to her? The first thing she says, and and that's captured in all our interviews on, on this retirement question, is her identity. She just worked out that trusting Christ gave her an identity which was greater, deeper, wider, higher than Alison the golfer. She was Alison, the child of God created by God with actual gifts to play golf, but they could have been anything and they can't last but a relationship with God can. I was also fascinated by the fact that Christianity at its core isn't just vertical. You have a relationship with God through Christ, but it's innately horizontal. You have friends, community, other people who reinforce who you really are, the Christian church. You are more than the skills that you have but you hardly can recognise that usually without having friends around you share those values, who support you in it. All that came across loud and clear to me in this interview with Alison Nicholas, and she was a class act, (laughs) because that's what she is. Well, great stuff. This whole series on the retirement question can be found on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Just search for Christians in Sport. And by the way... You can hear the interviews with Ali about her whole playing career there and indeed many more top-level athletes as they discuss their careers, their sport and their faith. Would you do us a favour if you're enjoying this podcast series? Would you leave us a review on iTunes? It just helps us get more people listening and we're excited that more people could hear about how to be a Christian in sport. And finally, if you're an athlete at this level of sport, why don't you get in touch with us at christiansinsport.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you and we would love to support you. Thank you for listening. Well done you. Have a great one and we'll see you next time. The Retirement Question, a new series from Christians in Sport with Graham Daniels.